Welcome, everybody, to Funny People Ruin Movies for this week. I'm your host, Adam Cagley. Joining me this week is my buddy, Dennis Maller. Dead Air Dennis Maller, if you want to get specific and technical. Uh, Dennis is a comic-slash-podcaster-slash-journalist-slash-incredibly-bald person <laughs> from Boston. <laughs> Uh, we're watching his favorite movie, The Crow. Which, if you haven't seen The Crow, uh, do yourself a favor. And, uh, go stand in, like, a, like, a 2008 Hot Topic for, like, an hour. It's the same experience. (laughs) It's the exact same thing. Uh, alright. Let's get into this movie. This is definitely one that I recommend watching with us. So, if you can find a copy of it, or if you have a copy of it, go ahead and throw that on and watch it with us. Here it is, Dennis Maller and the Crow. Roll film! Brandon Lee's uh, final film because he dies in it. Wasn't it his only film? No, he had other movies. This was the only big one. Brandon Lee. I think he also like one of his big movies was also portraying his dad, (laughs) Bruce Lee. Brandon Lee, of course, who was the son of Bruce Lee, who of course famously uh, murdered. Died on set. You want to? You went a different way with that than I did. <laughs> oh, that's been a big conspiracy is that the mob killed Bruce Lee because he died of a uh, allergy over, uh, not overdose, but he died of an allergic reaction. And then his son died also on set from a uh, gunshot wound, uh, was... uh, gunshot, which by the way, uh, the, the, the guy who shot him went through months and years of therapy to get over it. And he's still an actor. In fact, he was in the second, or he was in the, yeah, the second, um, Mike, I want to say his name is Michael Massey. He was in the second uh, Amazing Spider-Man movie with uh, Andrew Garfield. Really? He's the, he's the guy that goes walking down the hall in front of all the stuff at the end of the movie. Okay. See, I, I, I went with the other conspiracy theory that it was Bruce Lee that killed Sharon Tate. But Oh, I didn't know that conspiracy theory because Sharon Tate's the one that died uh, from the Manson people, yeah. right? Yeah. There, there's a conspiracy theory that the Manson family was their like, scapegoat cover-up because... Bruce Lee was friends with Jay Sebring, who lived with Sharon Tate at the time while Polanski was out of the country. Uh, and he was actually in the house the night it happened. He wasn't there when it happened, which is a little convenient because if Bruce Lee was there, he would have fucked up them hippies. Yeah. Uh, but the the conspiracy theory is that because of the brutality of the way that Sharon Tate and JC Bring were murdered, that it was someone that was <laughs> trained to kill people with like blunt force and weapons. <laughs> and because like Bruce Lee was in the house right before the murder and wow. no, I never heard that. Never heard that. I, I I would believe that uh which one which one of the Beach Boys was friends with Manson? Was it Dennis Love? I know Mike Love was and Dennis Wilson, not Dennis Love. Dennis, Dennis Wilson. I think it was Dennis Wilson and Mike Love, but Dennis Wilson's dead. Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like there should be a conspiracy theory about the two of them killing Sharon Tate, uh, or at least one of them killing Sharon Tate. I don't think there is. I'm not saying that there is. I think they stopped being friends with Manson before that shit happened. But yeah. I've never heard that Bruce Lee was the uh, one that killed Sharon Tate. That's, I mean, 
I don't know. I feel like if that conspiracy theory was true, Manson would have tried perpetrating it. He yeah. made no qualms of saying, yep, no, nope, I made these people kill people. Unless he's like that big of a Bruce Lee fan. He's like, look, I'll take the cover up. <laughs> I, will, I will take this bullet for Bruce Lee. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I only I only bring it up because I want to piss off his daughter. <laughs> she, like, after, after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, she went on a big press tour to talk about how inaccurate Quentin's depiction of Bruce Lee was. And it's like, well, yeah, Leo DiCaprio didn't also kill the Manson family with a flamethrower either. <laughs> like, it's a fucking movie. So I'm just hoping, I'm, I'm betting she listens to everything that mentions her father's name and is going to be really pissed off. At, and that's just going to be a lot of free press for this podcast. <laughs> that is my motivation. I'm going to keep bringing it up <laughs> as we watch The Crow. <laughs> All righty. I, I usually I usually watch these movies ahead of time, just like rather refamiliarize myself, or particularly in the case of like it being a movie I haven't seen before. But I also kind of wanted to maintain the idea that I hadn't seen it before, so I only watched half of it. I love the uh, warning up in the top corner is that content, smoking, and violence. I'm like, yeah, that's basically the entire movie. But don't forget drug use. There is literally a heroin addict shooting up heroin in the movie. Gotham is really pretty this time of year. Yeah devil's night that's all i kept thinking watching this movie and watching the sets i'm like did they just like shoot on whatever tim burton left over from batman uh i think this no it doesn't predate batman batman was 89 this was 92 dude if you also look at the graphics like the visual effects for this movie are for their time absolutely fantastic i mean if you look at the the fire assets moving around this miniatures you know none of those flames are real they're all fire assets that they put in um and there's a scene they had to finish filming the movie without brandon lee so they had uh they pulled archive they pulled footage that they from deleted scenes and other scenes that actually show up in the movie there's a few scenes cut him out and animate him like that yeah uh, through stuff and of course, you uh, have uh, Winston Zenimore. Uh, That's yeah. Ernie I was gonna, I was going to point that out. I love that Winston Zenimore is the cop in this. I know and he, he has a an great comedic relief. Like, I, I I know he has an actual name, and I know his actual name. But fuck you, you're Winston Zenimore for the rest of your <laughs> life. Oh, oh by the way, please, please do not contaminate. Uh, please go ahead and smoke in this crime scene. Uh, and Touch have everything. No fear of of contaminating any yeah. of it. <laughs> Make sure you put your bare hands on everything, Winston. We, we really want to make sure that we, we can cross-reference your prints on everything in here. I'm surprised there are not more bands that name themselves Hangman, Hangman, Hangman's Joke, which is the name of Eric Draven's. There had to be a shitload. I've never seen one. I bet, I bet there's a few. There's probably a few now. I'm going I'm to look it up on Spotify. <laughs> I like how they're asking him uh, for permission to move her when he's clearly not a medical expert. <laughs> like, motherfucker, I don't know. What? <laughs> What's the name of the band? Hangman's Joke, right? Yeah, Hangman's Joke. Hangman's joke. Yep, there is a band called Hangman's Joke. Okay. Yeah. They have songs like... 
Mr. Invisible, Good Way to Die, and Hillbilly Superman. <laughs> oh, and of course, they're you know dark. 1992, we are so gender neutral in this that we have a small girl who skateboards. See, we're so woke in 92. What happened? We, we lost our way. <laughs> you, you also get songs like I Own You, Angels in Hell, <laughs> and Child of a Dark Sky. Yeah, these all sound like pedophilia songs. These sound like odes to pedophilia. They released one album in 2015. I don't want to hear any of it, but I'm glad I know it exists. <laughs> not my sister do, do you know who winston zeddemore reminds me of in this movie the cop yeah. from die hard oh uh carl winslow yeah it's this it's the mustache it's the fucking mustache the cop stash yeah but it's also like he's playing a cop that was like recently demoted and and <laughs> carl he's winslow a good cop but cop he's got a shit him. job yeah got, yeah he one mistake and now it's all all a joke. They both end up becoming like super integral to the plot for some reason. Uh, what's good about this is, uh, I mean, Ernie Hudson does a great job, co comedic relief. I, I will. Sorry, I'm going to spoil this scene now. Uh, is that later on in the movie, he's uh, at home in his apartment in his, you know, wife beater and boxer shorts as and people do in movies. <laughs> yep. And wearing his hat. <laughs> and I they pointed out, they this. definitely noticed. They're like, uh, fuck me, keep the hat on. <laughs> Also, you called him by the wrong name. What did I call him? You called him Ernie Hudson. Oh, sorry. Did I not call him Winston Zeddemore? Sorry. He's Winston Zeddemore. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one from Ghostbusters that got, like, that fucked by the character. Uh, no, I think he, I think it really helped him. I think he wouldn't have gotten the uh, roles that he... Well, I mean, like, like I, mean, I say that fucked, like, to the point where, like, you see him and you only think of Winston's out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, yeah, he was, everyone uh, knows Harold Williams, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray for everything else other than Ghostbusters, too. Yeah. As, or Ghostbusters as well, rather. Because they, they had their big careers before Ghostbusters, whereas like Ghostbusters was his break. I will tell you, I quote this movie all the time. There's so many things I quote, and one of them is the, the line that's going to be coming up. Shortly, that the that the crow says, right? The bird, the actual bird. Yes, I, I, I regularly quote. Rock, rock. <laughs> you know, it's like like they said in the movie, the crow. Rock, <laughs> Yeah, I totally get what you mean, dude. It's so deep. <laughs> put that on a meme and put it on Facebook. It's so deep, dude. I lived through the '90s and cars did not look like this. No. No. No, they did not. I also appreciate that Winston Zeddemore tells the hot dog man how to make a hot dog. Right. That's not really still a thing, is it? Like hot dog stands, autonomous. Yeah, in New York they are. Definitely really? in New York. Yeah. It's still a thing. I mean, like out here in LA, you get like the people making street dogs outside of the clubs at like 2 a.m., which is always just a very delightful treat when you're shit faced to get a, a gross ass street dog. But. Yeah, you know what? They even have them here in Boston on like uh, in the common on like a Friday or Saturday night. I don't yeah. know about now because of the pandemic, but pre-pandemic they did. Oh, you go out to like West Hollywood on a Saturday night, and they're fucking everywhere. The whole street. There was a uh, there was a uh, in Baltimore. There was a street vendor doing uh, burritos with like steak burrito, uh, steak tacos, and stuff like that. Like 
great food. Like, no, it was from one of the restaurants in, in my neighborhood of Fells Point. Um, they had a food truck and everything. Like, they're legit food and they're legit banging uh, tacos and burritos, late night tacos and burritos. I, I, like, I got full, some big, huge, that. like, uh, 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 propane um, yeah. grill and stuff. They were great. I, I got someone like that down the street for me. She, like, sets up with a, a, a charcoal grill, oddly enough, and, like, a big tent. And just like stands out there like grilling chicken and steak and shit all day. Oh, there's so many good vendors around uh Candom Yards in Baltimore. Like when on O's night and Sunday at football, you can eat some really banging street food right around oh, the stadium. I also appreciate that they only buried him under like four inches of dirt. <laughs> you know, just in case he wanted you know what? They were so poor they couldn't afford to actually bury him. <laughs> just and, you know, it took me there. years, by the way, just note like I, it took me years to realize that his coat, why his coat was broken. I'm like, why? How did he rip his? Why did he Bruce Banner his jacket crawling out of the dirt? No, it's because in funeral homes, they don't have real jackets that they put on people because it's too hard to put it on the body. So it's just a, a fake, fake uh, coat. Because his shirts, shirt. his shirts all torn the same way. And I wondered about that. I was like, why? Yeah, they just put your arms out. They flop it and then they just tuck it behind you. It took me years they, they to realize him that. buried in half a suit. What? <laughs> <laughs> I also like that he's not he's not more confused here. Like, to a degree, yeah. he almost immediately gets what's going on. Whereas, if I just crawled my way out of my own grave, I'd be really confused. Yeah, that's one of the things that didn't... That didn't translate from the comics to the movie well is that the, the, if I remember correctly the crow he has like a s psychic link with it or whatever yeah, yeah, and so that. it's like it kind of explains things to him unofficially like that was a thing they did much better in the comics by the way that song STP Big Empty yeah, biggest song of the 90s man one of the biggest songs in the 90s man that song was everywhere I also wish that they had spent more time establishing the characters before they just immediately dive into now he's an undead superhero. Because <laughs> like when I was watching this through the first time, I was like, why do I give a shit about this dude and his fiance when the movie opens with them murdered? Like it, it didn't, it doesn't establish them at all to give me any reason to care. You care because the little girl cares about them. You're, you're her POV. About the little girl. Right? <laughs> and she's, I I think she, her character's in the second, uh, in the, the second one, in the sequel. Yeah. But I don't remember if it's played by the same actress or not. Because I never saw City of Angels. But she is his, like, the guy who dies and comes back. She is the one that explains everything to him. And she paints his face the way that Brandon Lee paints his face in this. That was the worst part of it. That makes more sense. And then in the third one, which had Kirsten Dunst, okay. uh, his his he didn't have face makeup. He was cream. He was burned up. That's how he died. And when he revived, his skin got ripped off in the exact face paint pattern of the crow. Uh, that's pretty cool. It's metal, but it is such a bad movie. I mean, this one isn't exact. By the way, I like how he had to climb up the building to climb down, down the steps. <laughs> I wondered, like, is that how he just got into his apartment every time? <laughs> like, it's, you know it, what, who it, needs it turns keys? into fucking rent. He's just a squatter. <laughs> like, 
Who need? By the way, a year later, nobody has moved into this building or taken the crime tape down, the crime yeah. scene tape, <laughs> or cleaned up any of it. You know, it's just uh, you know we get mad at people for leaving their Christmas lights up all year round. This <laughs> household leaves their Halloween decorations up all year because because sadness. Yes. Why wouldn't he's like, who the hell gets married on Halloween? I'm like, quirky people. Quirky people get married on Halloween. I don't know, man. There's some good visual storytelling still in this movie. Like, I love it. I'm probably going to defend it a lot, but like, you know, they're, they're, they're telling you, you know, how these things happen. And, you know, he picked up the cat and he, now he's seeing the cat's POV of the murder. His cat that's named after an archangel because he's deep and brooding like that. <laughs> My, my old point is, like, this would all be much more impactful if we saw it before. Yeah, I'm not also into, like, uh, you know, rape porn or something, but there is, if you're into that kind of thing, this is a hot scene for you. Yeah, I mean, this is the movie. If, that's if you're into bondage and, yeah. like, rough, uh, you know, rough, rough rape sex, like, this is the movie for that. I'm not saying yeah. you should be, but if you are, this is it for you. If, if that gets your wheels turning, then this is a movie for you. A degenerate piece of shit. <laughs> I'm not judging, but I'm kind of. They just reuse the shot of the Joker falling off the tower in Batman. For fucking this dude. Parkour. What the fuck was the point of that? <laughs> they they got to show you that he heals. How else are you going to show that he heals? Literally, you got to cut his hands open. He was walking around barefoot for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, that oh, it's because you want the foot fetish. I got it. Okay. That dude just eat a bullet. Yep, he took a bullet with a shot. Now he's just eating it, and then cigar on the tongue because he's a true badass. That is super unsafe. That's how you, you're going to get all kinds of problems swallowing a bullet like that and then putting a cigar out on your tongue. That dude's just asking for trouble. What, we all have to drink bullets now? Hey, best way to, uh, to, 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 to shoot out your ass is to swallow some bullets. If I thought that was even remotely possible, I would try that right now. Fire it up! Fire it up! I do that all the time. It's still that is the one of the main things that I quote from this movie is like fire it up, fire it up, and nobody ever gets it. I was uh, gonna say later it. in the movie, two of the guys do it face to face, and they synchronize their arms, and I'm like, I want that. That's what I want in life. I want to have a friend where we're just like fire it up, fire it up, and not punch but, each other's forearms. But no one ever gets your reference because nah, no one's seen. Like, why are you getting so excited, Dennis? <laughs> In my artsy drama mask. I know it turns you on when I wear my artsy drama mask. I'm an artist. I'm a sad artist. We don't pay rent in this building. How are we gonna pay? How are we gonna pay last year's rent? 
You know, nothing. I don't know who this actress is, and I've never noticed that she's been in anything ever again. I think this is literally like the biggest thing she ever did. Let's find out her name. Honestly, and that's the thing. I've watched this movie. I've owned this movie on almost every format available. Sophia uh, Sheenus. Yeah. I've owned this video on every format available other than Laserdisc, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure it's in one of my uh, streaming queues. Uh, and I could not re- recognize your face if you paid me money. Well, here. We can, we can find out what else she's done. Yeah, but that's the thing. I just every time I see her face, nothing, no recollection of her face. If you ask me to pick her out of a lineup, I'm not going to be able to do it. I also appreciate that at this point in the movie, it turns into the sex scene from the room. The flashbacks to their sex scene are almost exactly like that. Uh, let's see, what the fuck was her name? Shirley Sheenus or whatever. <laughs> I would just say look up the crow on IMDb. Sheila? Was it Sheila? Sheenus? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think it was Sheila. I also misspelled Shirley when I put it. I like how that makeup sitting for a year did not dry out at all. Yeah. Uh, Of everything that's been disturbed in this apartment, that's the only thing that was still where it should be. The soundtrack gets so dark after me there. Oh. Sophia Sheenus, we were close. Uh, that's such a good reveal. The lightning. Uh, I mean, James O'Barr, he, I, I, you know, now we look at this as corny and, and schlocky, yeah. this whole look. But James O'Barr invented this, and it looked killer on the comic book cover. It was killer when the movie came out. It's a, it is a good reveal. This is a good reveal for the character's face. Sophia Sheenus has done fucking nothing in the last no, no. years. This guy, uh, he is uh, Italian, uh, Italian scumbag for hire. This guy. Oh yeah, he plays that dude in every yeah. fucking movie. And I think the, the the thing I know besides this, the thing I know him best for was Homicide: Life on the Streets, where he got to not play an Italian crime guy; he got to play an Italian, a crooked Italian police detective. Yeah, he's it's he's got that face. He's just got a face that's like, "What are you gonna do about it, huh?" I I, I get my taste. All these criminals come into my pad shop. It's okay. I gave him their guns. They gave me fresh cash. He's got that faith. Apparently, she was also a Greek Canadian singer songwriter. I don't know well, why. No wonder I'm they were together. He's a guitar player and she's a singer. <laughs> that for some indiscernible me. Carries a guitar with this, him the whole fucking. I want to say this one was Nine Inch Nails. Ah, oh, this soundtrack's so good. If you're into like industrial hard '90s rock, this is the soundtrack that will give you the biggest boner. Yeah, there's Kirk. Uh, Kirk uh, uh, not Kirk Away. Uh, Trent Reznor's voice. The crow is like his sidekick now, right? Yes, and his guide from the afterlife. So he's essentially emo peacekeeper. He's emo parkour. He's emo peacekeeper with his bird sidekick. Oh. 
I enjoyed the fuck. That's one of the scenes no. that they replaced uh, replaced him. If you, if you, right see, you can see, like, it's hard to notice because the the effects are pretty damn good. But yeah. if you know what to look for, you can see the, the, the slight little outline, you know, color discolorization. And I'm pretty sure birds do not see that way. It would be very dizzying when flying. Yeah. They make the bird's POV makes the bird seem drunk. <laughs> that bird is fucked up. I feel like, you know, I've lit many cigarettes off a, a stove when I didn't have a lighter, but I feel like trash can fire is uh, not a good version. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's the unhealthiest way to light an unhealthy thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you got a lot of hair hanging in your face there, Tintin. Tin. Maybe you want to pull yeah. some of it back before sticking your face in open in an open fire. <laughs> Dude, you also got, like, so much of this movie was very intense language. Like, you know, talking about crackheads. You know, yeah. he calls the other guy a pedophile. Like, there's a rape scene, like... This movie is very intense. And this movie is only I only guess. like PG thirteen too. Really? I think wow. so. No, it's got to be R. It's got to be R. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's only PG thirteen, but I, I I could and probably. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Right at R. All right, it was 1994, not 92. I keep saying 92, but I should know it's 94. 94 was a good year for music and movies. You had Pulp Fiction. You had this. Uh, 94 was the year Kurt Cobain died. Um, so every so that you know it was April of that year. So there was still a lot of huge grunge things. Yeah. And you get you get the Crow in 94, the Crow City of Angels in 96, the Crow Salvation in 2000, and That's, the Crow yeah, the third one. Prayer in 2005. Oh, I didn't realize uh, there the was a 2005 movie. Yeah, the Kirsten Dunst is Salvation, and it is not good. They were they were trying to reboot it for a while with Jason Momoa, and I was really on board with that idea. I remember, Well, it was uh, originally Luke Evans. Yeah. And then I think he finally dropped out. And I, I'm not one to say, oh, reboots ruin my childhood. Um, you know, these movies still exist. You can still love them and everything. Yeah. But I didn't want the, the the I was not a fan of the concept of a reboot of this because I was, you know, you can't do it without the just the gothic, you know, ninety. Like you can't modernize these villains. You know, it becomes a whole different thing. I, I think it could stand with a, at least a budgetary and and technological upgrade. This bit with the knives is goofy as fuck. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, the, the face paint and the hair works for Brandon Lee. It doesn't work for anyone else. I don't, did you see, did you see like, the mock-ups of Momoa with the makeup on? No, I did not. He looked pretty fucking badass. I'm not Momoa's biggest fan. I don't hate the guy. I just don't love him. He, like, he was a physically imposing crow. Whereas, like, Brandon Lee, like, you look at him and you're like, oh, fuck, all I gotta do is kick him in the nuts and walk away. Not very intimidating. Whereas Momoa, like, I ain't fucking Momoa. That dude would kill me, and I'd probably thank him for it because <laughs> I will admit, uh, the guy's got a good sense of humor, especially about himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, which sure. I can respect. 
No way. Me and my my ex before my most recent ex, he was both of our hall passes. <laughs> like we had that conversation where she's like, "Who would be your celebrity hall pass?" And I'm like, "Well, who's yours?" And she's like, "Jason Momoa." And I'm like, "Well, we have a funny coincidence." <laughs> If we both ever meet him, you gotta fight me for him. I wish I could remember the name of that band. I was looking at the soundtrack and I always forget the name of that band. The one that was playing when Blade yeah. showed up? Yes. That dude looks like Blade. Oh, it's Candyman. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. I got real distracted by all the random nudity. That's just the stuff. That's really, there's not that much you would think. Like, I mean, for 13 year old me, this was everything. Yeah. You know, just the weird boob just sitting there, That the, the weird boob coming up. The weird boob. It's the, but there's nothing wrong with the boob. It's just the, the when they turn her and you look at the boob, it's like, that, is that a boob? That, I can't tell. <laughs> well, now I'm waiting for it. Gotta get through this guy's whole talky, I'm evil monologue. Dude, Michael Wincott was the, 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 he was the, uh, what's the name of the guy, uh, who was the bad guy in Ghostbusters and Die Hard? The redheaded reporter guy? Oh, fuck. I know who you're talking about. Okay. So that guy, everybody, you know who I'm talking about. Michael Wincott, this guy was that guy times. That is a weird boob. You're right. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. There's just boob, just weird play, weird boob placement of a dead, dead girl. Yeah. They, 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 they sexed her to death and then weirdly put her boob in frame. You were saying the guy from Ghostbusters. Yeah, he was, the, well, he, you know, that guy was like the, the villain of the eighties. Michael Wincott was that times 10. Like he was evil in everything he's uh, was in and just personified complete and total, uh, uh, mayhem and torture and everything. Um, I want to say, I think he even did the, um, he was in a bunch of movies. The one I want to try to say is uh, he was in, <laughs> he uh, was the sidekick to Alan, Alan Rick, not Alan Rickman, Alan, who's the guy from Galaxy Quest that died everyone loves? Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan Rickman. Okay, sorry. Alan Rickman played uh, the main bad guy in Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Wincott played his, by the way, that's the guy who shot Brandon Lee right there. Really? Yeah, that's Michael Massey, I want to say his name is. Um, that's the guy who ended up shooting him. So then this scene coming up where Brandon Lee kills him had to have been early. It had to been I, late in their production I, schedule then. It was, a, I think it was the last day of principal. It was the last day of any gun filming. Yeah. Um, so it's literally like the end of all gunplay was this scene. A lot of people get it mixed up where there's a scene where he gets like, just mowed down by like 20 people. Everyone thinks it's that scene. It's not. It's never made it in the film. The scene legit is not. I'm 90% sure of the scene that he gets shot. They left out, yeah. which is still controversial. Some people say it's still in there, but it is this scene coming up where he, after he goes to the ring, he goes to, to Darla and her boyfriend. Sleep it off somewhere else, crackhead. This movie re-entered the dust head that's what he calls him it's like sleep it off somewhere else dust head and then his such cool names for drug addicts in this movie yeah 
Then this this movie entered the lexicon again in a really big way after uh, the Helena Hutchins thing. Plus, also, yeah, growing up in Baltimore, he quotes Edgar Allan Poe. So you have to, growing up in Baltimore, have yeah. to love this movie just for the Edgar Allan Poe quotes. I, I, I assume up in Baltimore, Poe is like the only thing they're allowed to talk about public schools. We love him. Yeah. We love him much more than Boston because he hates, like here in Boston, when I moved there, they erected a big, new big, huge statue to yeah. Poe because he was born here in Boston, um, died in Baltimore, spent most of his life there. He also lived in Chicago and other places, but you know, Baltimore, really love it. Um, and uh, the, <laughs> uh, the, the whole, that craziest curse of shit on me. Like, how is that a curse? Why? I I love that. <laughs> you threw me across the room. Can you also shit on me? Like it is, he say, is into like, the weird. He is into weird kinky stuff. Is that is that like his counter offer? Like, don't rob me. You can shit on me. Like, <laughs> you, I'm into scat play. If that's your thing. Because then it comes back later when you see that dude again. He's like, yeah, shit that's on me. Shit on like, me. like there's a whole scene where he's just running away, going shit on me, shit on me. <laughs> Like, I mean, okay, I won't rob your store if I can shit on you, I guess. I, w I won't kill you if you let me shit on you. It's fine. Both of those things are equal to me. I'm gonna start using that. It's gonna be it's gonna be my new. I I, I there's a couple times where where something happens. I'm just ah, shit on me. I'm telling you, dude. I, this movie is so <laughs> much of my lexicon of 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 things. Like uh, I quote this movie in uh, uh unannounced i will quote so many things like if it you know i'm waiting for it to come up so but i'm gonna spoil it now for the watchers there's a scene later on that is a big huge quote for the movie is like can't rain all the time because it was one of the lyrics in his song oh, yeah. and of course they play the record and then it skips and keeps going can't rain all the time 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 the, the the bulk of my knowledge of the plot of this movie comes from the Ice Nine Kill song that they did about this movie. <laughs> Which I, I fucking love Ice Nine Kills. And I love that song. It's like I listen to that song and I go, ah, fuck, I should watch that movie. And then I haven't until now. Visual storytelling, he keeps touching him. Nope, don't feel anything. Nope, don't feel anything. Nope, nope. I do love how all the rings land in the same pile together. Yeah. Where the fuck did he get her? I that have never thing? seen a dude get that orgasmic over a ring that's not on his cock. Yeah. Oh, like that ring looks so cheap. It's like I get that he's supposed to be a struggling artist, but it looks like he got that out of a quarter machine. <laughs> I'm, be I'm being real judgmental. <laughs> I love how a pawn shop just has canisters of gasoline everywhere. Full canisters of gasoline. Because, you know, people pawn that all the time. Hey, I may be... This is, this is the best part. Uh, when he, he... Take whatever you want. And he leaves with a guitar because, you know what? I'm undead. I got plenty of time to play. <sighs> the, the guitar bugs the shit out of me. Why, why, does, why does he need that? I get that he was a musician, but why does he need that? What happened to the guitar that was in the, his apartment? Yeah. Everything else was there. Did one of the oh one of the crime scene? There we go behind the behind the scenes of the movie crime one of the crime scene investigators took Eric Draven's guitar and music equipment, 
and pawned it. That's why he's at, that's why he knew how to go to this pond. That's his guitar. That was his guitar that a crime scene investigator stole and pawned for drug money. Okay. Oh, I now we're creating a whole nother new plot thread. I guess that kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I more read this as like, I'm going to bust out some sweet riffs while I'm on my murder rampage. <laughs> Tell T-Bird. Don't go lighting that gas in my pawn shop, you piece of shit. And just the whole building explodes. <laughs> One pool of gas and the whole building explodes. <laughs> yeah. I also love how uh, he's in the blast zone. Um, and again, he can heal, so he's not going to get burned. But his clothing also apparently is impervious to flame. Yeah. Not bullets. Not they bullets. Burn, not but bullet bullets can go through, yeah. This kid just like, all right, I'll chill at the bar while my mom's getting railed upstairs. Oh, or as they say in the movie, he's probably still banging away on Darla. Which again, also any woman I've ever met named Darla, when I hear somebody else say his name, I'm, I say her name, I'm like, I'm banging away on Darla. And they're like, what did you say? I'm like, <laughs> they're like you're doing what? <laughs> you didn't explain the reference. It's gonna end up getting you canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you humping that parking meter, Dennis? Because I'm banging away on Darla. I'm skin mark. Good, good thing there aren't that many women named Darla. I am. <laughs> oh, you don't remember my flattened, squashed of a face? <laughs> Like, realistically, no. He probably wouldn't remember. I barely remember, and I'm watching the movie. Oh, it gets better. Do you know someone named T-Bird? Yes. I know everybody. I also, like, I mean, I, I get it because movie, but... He's like running around in the rain and sweating and shit, and his makeup is not. The makeup is as impervious as 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 his uh, clothing is to fire. Like you would think, it just being grease paint, like it would have been fucked the second he walked out the door. I guess dead guys don't sweat. He was in the rain though. <laughs> rains like half of this movie <laughs> you know what i that you know what this you know people hail um michael bay for his spinning scenes this will rival i think this this i mean it's a different kind of spin but it is a good spin and it's very disorienting uh i i, I say that uh that that spin scene from uh alex proyas was uh one hell of a uh in intrinsic circling scene. Is Michael Bay really hailed for his spin? Oh, he is very well known for that whole, uh, you know, like the the standing up while twirling oh, yeah. camera movement. Uh, that one think... was what well, I will say rivals it. it makes you feel very hailed. disoriented. I don't think he's hailed for those shots. Oh, uh, I think he is. I think well, people have tried to imitate it and they do not do a good job of it. Michael Bay doesn't do it. Job. <laughs> I'll disagree. He he he's got a long lens. There's good parallaxing. There's move. There's there's multiple movement. You got the people rising up. You got the thing coming around. Nah, I, I I'll stand by. Uh, I'm not gonna stand by a lot of Michael Bay, but I'll stand by that is uh, killer killer count killer camera work. 
He overuses it. Oh, that, yeah, no, 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 no argument there. When he does use it properly, like the one time, like once you see it once, it's great, but he does, he overuses everything. He he does that spin move like one, every, every time a character enters or exits anything, they got to fucking do a 360 around them and play Lincoln Park and show the car in someone's ass. Kind of similar to what this movie's doing, but without Lincoln Park. Natural catastrophe or act of God or something. The bad guy's just doing coke out of the goblet of fire now. Which again, drug use, like this movie, man. Like this movie and Pulp Fiction, you weren't really getting like in your face glorified drug use the way that these movies get. And again, they're villains. This I don't I, I don't want to be one of those like, oh, you can't make a Mel Brooks movie today. I'm not SR seventy one, but mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I want to point out all the people that keep saying you can't make an, a Mel Brooks movie today. Yeah. 2003, SR71 sang that lyric. And yeah. next year, Netflix is putting out a sequel to History of the World, part two. Okay, they're putting out History of the World, part two. So, yes, you can't make a Mel Brooks movie. Oh, they're, they're doing it as a series, though, this time. Yeah. They got fucking Nick Kroll writing that show. Like, why? Right? Why? <laughs> all, all, like, I get it. Mel's fucking 108 now, but, like... You don't need Nick Kroll trying to write Mel Brooks. Also, like, a, a, a young preteen girl cursing was not used as novelty. It was so entrenched in the character. It's more like surfing and skating. Here it is. Here comes the line. Can't rain all the time. <gasps> that dude liked that song I heard at one time. Eric? That was the... <laughs> That that is a thing. If I can find a, a person, uh, I become long li- lifelong friends with anyone who does that. Where I'm like, uh, where they'll say it, it's like can't rain all the time, and I'll just be like, <gasps> Eric. If they can get that <laughs> reference, or if I can say, uh, like, I'll tell you right now. Hi, any woman who ever wants to uh, wants to fall in love with me, this is the best way to do it. Wait till I say can't rain all the time, and you just <laughs> spin around and go. Eric, I'll marry you on the spot. Okay, that is. There's only a few things that I that I will say that I will marry a woman on the spot for if they're doing. And that scene, if you will reenact that scene without uh, prompting, uh, I'll, I'll I'll propose to you on the spot. I think I think that's a dangerous can of worms you're opening. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure nobody wants that can of worms. So I think that's more. It's more a warning to not accidentally do it uh, than it is to actually go through with it. I mean, I, I, I have a similar, like, one of those things. I always said that I would marry the first woman that agrees to walk down the aisle to the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. <laughs> but I also know nobody's ever going to agree to that. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be some, some uh, uh, you know. By the way, let's talk about, let's go back to wokeness of this movie. Look at all the people of color in this movie. They're oh, yeah, not like, used. They're, 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 you know, you got cops. You got yeah. uh, you got criminals. You they are equal opportunity uh, casting, and none of their color is played up for 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 wokeness. They're not yeah. playing up for like none of oh none I, of I'm a cop and I had to come from a dirt, for the from the bad neighborhoods yeah. and I had to I had the choice of becoming part of T Bird's team or becoming a cop. None of yeah. it's done like for the sake of it. It's all organic. It's just natural. Yeah, organic. It's perfect. Oh man, that is. How many movies? How many? And granted, this is small budget, but it's Miramax. They were they they were doing a lot of good movies at the time. 
you know, they, this movie had a lot of promotion. Like, Big Empty from, from STP was everywhere yeah. for a low-budget movie that this, you know, they put... I'm pretty sure the promotion button, but, but budget for this was more than the movie's budget. Um, but the, uh, the, the blatant use of heroin, drug use... Yeah. It's a squad. That's, that's very 90s Miramax to do that kind of shit. Back like, this was a mainstream, low-budget movie. This was huge. This would be a Netflix movie now. They would not put this in theaters. I mean, you also, you also got to think Miramax, same company that did Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and Clerks. Yeah, I mean, but when you think about like, there weren't these many movies like this that, no. that use that, you know? Miramax they was good that, at that, it. that blatant, you know, like dude, even now they won't. Even in twenty twenty two, you can't. It's so hard to find a movie that. Yeah, Mir- okay, doing a guitar slide, uh, doing a neck slide on a guitar is the scariest thing imaginable. Yes, it is. Yes, he's, you he's just right. Come... You're there. You're right for being scared by a guitar. He just comes in with his guitar. Like, do you guys want to hear my demo? <laughs> This Which, by the way, I hear a lot of people talk about they want white man confidence. You know what I want? I want the confidence of a man selling his mixtape at a bus stop. That's the confidence. <laughs> I want right That's what he reminds me of. He's just like, I wrote this original song. Can I play it for you guys? This one's called I Used to Love Darla. I've got my corpse paint on. I sing for a doom metal band. We're called Sisters of Sorrow. <laughs> Here's our new song called There Is No Character Development. <laughs> they, they, uh, admittedly, the villains are very two-dimensional. They are very two-dimensional. I mean, so is he. They don't need to be. They don't need to be. Too, they don't need that much backstory. You just know from the get they're evil. You know, their backstory is they're evil. They're terrible, awful people. Yeah. They're very also like the character work. You don't have. Uh, they're all individual, different characters. He's you know like the, Tintin is not like T Bird. Uh, Michael Massey's character is nothing like Skidmark, Skidrow, Sk- Scully, whatever his name is. Skidmarks. Skunk, something like that. And I mean, the crow is essentially. I know I already said emo peacemaker, but he's essentially undead Punisher. Yep, that's more accurate. Yeah. Whereas the Punisher hated the mob, he hates drug addicts. Yeah. Which also, I love how his superpower is to not die and also squeeze heroin out of an arm. Is that a thing he does? Oh, it's coming up, yeah. It took oh. me a while to realize what was coming out of her arms because it's all milky and white and weird. In all fairness, she does still have the tourniquet on, so it hasn't gone far. You know what? I, uh, you know why I like my victim. Uh, what I can't, you know, can't stand having a, cl- a de- dirty victim. Oh man, needs to clean him <laughs> up before killing. Shower him. him off before I kill him. <laughs> I don't want him to go to the afterlife stinking like bo and and drugs. He's gonna be nice and clean. That's really gross. Lips and hearts of all children. That's something like having having. Here you go. There's your heroin squeeze out. 
That's something like having played a heroin addict before, her leaving the tourniquet on bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, I is know. it the tourniquet or is it her the strap of her lingerie? The tourniquet. Is it's, there? It's, okay. it's, it's tied tightly around her bicep. Her strap is like down on her arm, but that's she had it tied around her. I know. You, that's once that syringe is empty, you pop that tourniquet off so it rushes. Do your fucking research, movie lady. <laughs> also, by the way, 13-year-old Dennis, uh, lingerie bouncing boobs was a reason for me to watch this every time. Even though I got nothing for that woman, I look at her and I'm like, nope, does nothing for me. But bouncing boobs, there we go. That's one of those scenes that you watch like, oh, 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 is it going to pop out? Is it going to pop out? Nope. God damn it. Just wa watching her boobs go flippity-floppity, flippity-floppity. <laughs> He says it again here too, doesn't he? Like when the guy enters. Yeah. There it is. Well, shit on me. Drink up. This is a stupid thing. Wait, you just you just asked me to shit on you? You got an appointment to shit on me? I poured you a drink and then you just asked me to to shit on you? Good night, Darla. I also like his very obvious coke nail. <laughs> you notice he's got like a three inch. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, dude, I love the bartender into this. Like the bartender, he's like gives him gives away free free root beer to the kid because he knows his mom. We're wasting it, man. That's another one of my favorite lines to quote. Is like, I'm just like, you're wasting it, man. This is such a hardcore way to kill somebody, too. Just leave them in the middle of the floor with a half dozen syringes in their chest. They did that in The Boys, too. You ever watch The Boys? Uh, I see. Yes, I did. I don't remember that scene. I was trying to think of it, but also, I love how uh, the the uh, the, the, the oh, did we miss him drawing on the thing? Uh oh, here it is. Hat yeah. hat scene. The hat scene. Winston Zeddemore takes off his entire uniform down to his underwear, but leaves his hat on. I like to think of it, he took his hat off, got undressed, and then put the hat back <laughs> put on. Put the hat back on. He's like, just so people remember I'm a cop while I'm in my underwear. <laughs> I also like how he still has the rain cover on his hat. Yeah. <laughs> He's inside. <laughs> he doesn't put on pants, but he does take his hat off. He looks so confused by beer. He's like, are you some kind of ghost? Yes, he is, Winston. Who are you going to call? Look, here, get hydrated. Drink this Coors Light. Get hydrated. <laughs> You'll feel better with this beer in you. I love how he does the also coming up is the uh, Vulcan mind melt. He's like, I can't tell, but I can see it. Oh, yeah. This is actually about, about the halfway point I turned it off at so that the back half would be new to me. I think I actually turned it off at the, are you some kind of ghost? <laughs> yes, he is. You need a fucking proton pack, not a Glock. <laughs> Put your pants on. Go to the firehouse. God damn it. Why are you touching my face? What's going on? Are you going to kiss me? What happened? <laughs> Bro, your song wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> want to re-edit this so what he sees through his eyes is just the end of Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
<laughs> not even not even the good Ghostbusters. I want Ghostbusters too. <laughs> or the other way around when he's saying uh, saying to the mayor's like, "Look, I've seen shit with these guys that'll make your hair turn white." And then it's just <laughs> That's my favorite scene in that movie. It's got like the best Bill Murray line out of any Bill Murray line ever in that scene. Better like, be good for goodness sake. I was thinking, it's true, Your Honor. This man has man no has dick. No dick. <laughs> Welcome to our new podcast, Remembering Ghostbusters. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> Ivan Wright. Ivan Reitman? Yeah. Yeah. This is literally one of my favorite movies, man. And I'm not emo-y. I'm not goth. But I just loved everything about this movie growing up. I had... Um, uh, set prints, uh, framed set prints above my bed for years as a kid. See, that was going to be my big question because, like, how gothy emo this movie is. I was, I was willing to bet, like, there's somewhere in there's, there. I was willing to bet there's like pictures of you from like 30 years ago with black eyeliner on and shit. No, I was always a punk. Uh, I was a punk alternative kid, but there was just something about this movie that that spoke to me. I mean, those are similar enough circles. Yeah, I mean, well, punks. I feel like we're always the more open-minded. Yeah, you, you know, music fans. Like there was, like you're more likely to see a punk wearing a Sepultura shirt than you are seeing a metalhead wearing a No Effect shirt. True, true. I wouldn't wear a No Effect shirt. Where the fuck did he get that eyeball? That was the girl's other eye. They burned one and they kept the other. They kept the other as a everybody punk? has two eyes. <laughs> they burned one eyeball and they kept the other just for gags. <laughs> Evil guy's like, oh, this is going to be great. This will come back later. Let's take out both eyes because... Also, you know, for for so many... There's another one of these good moments where they they don't take this themselves so seriously that I like. Like the, you know, thought I'd use your door. Um, or this one coming up. Get that bird. That bird shit all over my store before he blew it up. I'm the typical 90s mafia goomba. <laughs> That's what they should have called him instead of the crow. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. <laughs> Did you get that thing I sent you? <laughs> Dangly parts. <laughs> Those are references nobody's going to get. <laughs> That's my entire life, is referencing movies and TV shows that nobody else gets. Oh, dude, I used to have Harvey Birdman on DVD. I loved that show. <laughs> it's on HBO Max now. That's one of the things they added to HBO Max. I've been enjoying HBO Max. Just I sat the... down for a weekend and just watched so many episodes. I did that with Metalocalypse. I rewatched all of Metalocalypse. Welcome to our other new podcast, yeah, that... Remembering Adult Swim with Adam and Dennis. <laughs> Brandon Smalls plays here in uh, Boston all the time. Does he really? Yeah. That's dope. I'd plays it. the comedy studio. Really nice guy. Fun boy said he saw a blackbird too. I, I would 100%. <laughs> this is my favorite thing when he's like choking. He just goes, give me a gun. For fuck's sake, die. And that's just another one of those breaking the moment <laughs> things that I find just brilliant about these movies. <laughs> Skank. That's the guy's name. Uh, got his eyeballs so we can use him to scare somebody else later on. <laughs> Grab his eyeballs. We need something to juggle. 
We have to work. We have to work on our Penn and Teller goth, uh, gothic Penn and Teller act. Just gonna juggle eyeballs between the two of us. Which, of course, by the way, uh, a, an entire neighborhood that is run down and literally on fire does not care that some dude in the middle of the night is playing guitar on a building rooftop loud as possible. That, that's what I want in that shot. I want them to be like pulling away from him up there playing his sweet brooding guitar licks and someone to just be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're trying to sleep down here. <laughs> We just Knock off the noise! We're trying to do heroin and pass out! We just put the fire out. <laughs> trying to sleep in the smoldering ruins of my life. But he's just too brooding. Got too much pain. By the way, I, I talked up the soundtrack for this movie so much, and that song, not on the soundtrack. Really? This song from his band, not on the soundtrack. That's... As opposed to Empire Records, where the final song at the end of that movie, yeah. where uh, Renee Zellweger sings, that song is on the Empire Records album. That's a big Without Renee Zellweger. They should have put that song on the soundtrack. Right? If it's on it, I don't remember it. And I feel like I would remember it. It definitely is not on it, though. I'm, I'm sure of it. I feel like his... His sidekick, Pet Crow, is a more effective warning system than the uh, than the bat signal. Is that, is that what you were talking about with the fire? <laughs> yes. And here we go, my other favorite line. I can see why people would be confused. <laughs> why are you dry humping that parking meter, Dennis? Like, did you guys never seen the crow? You never seen the crow? Sm oh, I do that too. Smokes, road beers. Back when I smoked and drank and drove. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not funny. Why would that? Drinking and driving is never funny. But sometimes it is. I thought this guy was so T-Bird. He was so imposing. Like, I loved him as a villain, man. He was that smart criminal type. See, this is why I feel like his his pet bird is a more effective warning symbol than warning system than the bat signal, because the criminals are gonna like start to catch on and be like, oh, if you see a crow, it means that this undead dude's coming to fuck you up. But like, how many crows are there? In, in fairness, the crow shows up, then he shows up, and then he kills you. At what point do you have a chance to tell anyone about warn them about the crow? Oh, that crow was on a rooftop for an awful long time before <laughs> on his car. That's another one of my favorite lines is, what is this happy horse shit here? <laughs> Again, lines that nobody noticed. Yeah. Ass hair? I never noticed that one. Oh, I'm going to start calling people stupid ass hairs. Is he just stealing that car with a broken yep. windshield? Is he going to drive it like fucking Ace Ventura and hang out the side window? Yeah, he does try wiping the, uh, uh, as he's driving, tries oh. wiping the uh, condensation broken. off the broken window. <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> you get the condensation off, it'll help with the fact that it's shattered. Burns the shit. Look, I'm just, ah, 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 ah. That, those two cops, by the way, is the reason why we have the caution, it's hot warnings on coffee cups now. I was going to say, I also like 
that in this R-rated movie full of drugs and rape and murder, the they, cop. Gave that, they, gave, they gave that cop the very G-rated, what the crap? No, that's not what we believe, but actually it is. I like how also in this, uh, in this, uh, you know, Motor City, whatever. I think it's supposed to be Detroit. I'm not sure. But I like how uh, they also don't have uh, sealed coffee thermoses. <laughs> Just tiny, teeny, tiny little styrofoam cups. Does the bird have, like, vertigo or some kind of equilibrium problem? That's how he sees the world while he's playing. Because that's the vibe I get with how, like, spinning dizzying and out of focus the bird's view is. He's, he's got some kind of inner ear problem. But how is he not just flying into everything? Well, you know, there's the, uh, it's amazing that he never uh, met the natural mortal enemy of birds, glass windows. I want to see that scene. He shows up to kill a guy and is like, damn, a sliding glass door. At the docks. Oh, that's safe to drive around with. Just a trunk full of dynamite. These are guys who eat bullets, so. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I mean, you get rear-ended or you break too hard, and there you go. That's something I love pointing out in movies is, is stupid shit they do with weapons. Like, I'm, I'm that guy that whenever someone's on screen with a revolver of any kind, I count their rounds. Yeah. It's you, man. It's really you. You're dead, man. You went through the window, man. I think he is terrifying, man. Who, the crow or the car the, guy? Uh, T-Bird, the car guy. He scared me. Like, he was such a brilliant evil guy. Like he was smart and imposing and creepy. Those are those are really strong. You're coming back, man. He put together who he was. He really. I don't know if brilliant's the word. <laughs> Come on, he quotes Bible verses. Who so does Sam Jackson? Sort of Christians for that. You know, in '94, there was a lot of Bible quotes going on in movies. A lot of Bible quotes in movies in the, uh, in, the in 1994. Apparently, all coming from Miramax too. Oddly enough. Well, hey, you know that Weinstein guy? He loved to quote Bible verses while sexually assaulting actresses. Yeah. Wonder if that was like his uh, his balance there. His kink. If he thought that was gonna help him. Well, I'm a huge piece of shit, but I quote the Bible a lot, so... Look, I'm a godly man. I'm not doing anything worse than priests are doing to little boys. That's fair, actually. Not fair, but true. That's pretty cool, lighting the big crone on fire and shit. That's badass. And that's practical, because you can tell that the planes barely made it to the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're super thin towards its head. <laughs> You just, the, the deleted scene is just uh, 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 Brandon Lee going out and just squirting the other side to make him up. It's like, oh, God, I don't want anybody to see this pathetic play. <laughs> That's like, like uh, they did that in Daredevil, too, where, where Ben Affleck like lights two flaming Ds in a subway station. 
or like he leaves two flaming D's, but he does it with gasoline. And it's like the gasoline dries pretty quickly. You need yeah. like you need kerosene for that shit. They do that in the Dark Knight Rises too. He lights a big bat symbol on the bridge out of Gotham. Yes, I was gonna bring that up, but I got distracted by Darla making breakfast because I'm hungry. She's surprisingly lucid for someone that had the kind of night she did. I do believe that. Oh, I never noticed that social D poster in the uh, social distortion poster in the background. I didn't even see it. It's from. Uh, I don't remember which record it is. This is what uh, the, the AA world calls uh, hitting rock bottom. You know, watching your junkie boyfriend get murdered by a supernatural, undead, uh, invincible ghost. I mean, that would get ghost me man. sober real fucking quick. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or I think it would make most people buy more of that heroin. I don't know. I think that'd be my breaking point. Like, yeah, it was all fun and games until the fucking zombie man showed up and killed the dude I was banging. Okay, so this this is a 90s movie. I need you to tell me if at any point somebody says to Winston Zeddemore or any other cop in the movie, really, just because it's the 90s and they said this in every 90s movie that had a cop in it. Does anybody at any point in this movie tell him they need his badge and his weapon? <laughs> uh, they do, don't they? Oh, my God. I'm trying to remember. I don't I don't. I don't want to say no. I don't want to say no. Because I think it does. There has to be a scene where it's like, damn it, you're out of control. Give me your badge and your weapon. It's this scene, isn't it? Is Edward James almost? They definitely like tell him to, to, that it's not his case and he needs to leave it alone. He's, he's gonna he is a loose cannon he's gonna cross the line one too many times oh he's suspended him but he didn't take his badge and his gun god damn it he's not his boss he's just another detective that he's getting in the way of the captain's uh, got to talk to you who we never see the captain oh fuck so the captain doesn't take his badge and his gun there, uh, he definitely. I don't think they show you getting because he has a gun later on, but no badge. So they okay. So they take. He goes rogue. He goes rogue on his suspension. He's a renegade. He's a hothead. I like how she. I like how Shelly's able. No, it's not Shelly. I don't remember the girl's name. I like how she's able to get the front door open and pull off the uh, boarding on it. Yet Eric Draven, the invincible uh, zombie man superhero, can't pull off the boards to get into his old house. He had to parkour through the roof and shit. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that building was condemned before they were murdered. I feel like they were just squatting in there. Fucking waiting for Benny to forgive their past due rent. And keep making rent rent references that I hope people will get. Did you see Tick Tick Boom? I fucking loved Tick Tick Boom. 
Yes. Andrew Dauber. Well, I just want to point out, I did not know Tick, Tick, Boom was about the guy who wrote Rent. Yeah. I just I watched it. I'm like, oh, Andrew Garfield in a movie called Tick, Tick, Boom. And then as soon as it started, I was like, oh, uh, this is this seems like it's about about a person that I should know. <laughs> I was uh, I was working was, on it. I was 20, 20, 30 minutes into the movie before I realized it was supposed to be about the guy who wrote Rent. Not a clue. I did not know it was a biopic. Most people that saw that movie knew going in because Tick, Tick, Boom was a big like theater kid thing back in the day. I was I was uh, tech theater working. tech theater guy was not a theater kid tech theater guy. I mean it's the same That's, shit. Nah, uh, we, we were cynical. We didn't participate in the music. We here we the went to the same we, parties. Same parties, but we didn't pay attention. We 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 sat in the corner with each other. Uh, whereas theater kids, they'll sing. You know, doe a deer, a female deer. Tech kids, we sang doe the stuff that buys me beer. Ray, <laughs> the guy who sells me beer. Me, the one who drinks the beer. Fa, a long, long run for beer. So I'll have another beer. La, a lot, a lot of beer. Tea, no thanks, I'm drinking beer. And that brings us back to dough. Welcome to our other, other new podcast, Remembering Our Musical (laughs) Theater Days. (laughs) Musical Theater Parodies with Adam and Dennis. completely lost track of this movie while we were talking about that i started i started thinking about fucking tick tick boom i also enjoy looking at apartments in movies and trying to figure out what they would cost because this would be expensive as fuck with those windows detroit with those windows and that view and that space it's a big ass apartment oh yes you got a great view of all the other rundown broken down buildings on fire still in L.A., that'd be a selling point. <laughs> the bad guy is like a like a like a vampire or something, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure he's played a vampire or something. Michael Westcott. Yeah, yeah. he looks. He's very vampirish. In yeah, general. he's got he's got very like interview with a vampire hair. I kind of want to read these comic books though. I feel like these would be dope ass comic books. It, it, I mean, independent. Like, yeah, yeah, man, these are good books. It, he, James O'Barr is one of the people most uh, that is on the upper, upper echelon of the term graphic novels. Yeah. I mean, you know, for some They're all around the same time. This, Watchmen, yeah. uh, Dark Knight Returns. Dark, the Dark Knight Returns. If for someone for someone like me that buys most of their shirts exclusively from comic book stores, I don't read enough comic books anymore. <laughs> I used to like, I used to fucking put away like a graphic novel a day. Like that's all I used to read was graphic novels. And like, I go to the store every fucking week and buy a stack of all the new shit. Oh dude, there was, uh, I was always wait for the trades to come out. And that's one reason why I haven't read about the new Watchmen, uh, the DC universe reboot, yeah, the Infinity crossover. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the new infinity crisis, basically, basically yeah. Yeah. the, uh, because they haven't put out as far as I know, the trade for that yet. And I don't want to buy all the comics for it. I just want to see how Dr. Manhattan was responsible for the new 52 and now how he's responsible for the new reboot of the DC universe. I, I mean, for the most part, I do that too. Like I, I read a lot of the Star Wars comics, and I, I usually wait for the trades on those, too. See, I'm always Marvel. Everything me is Marvel. A few other things here and there that I like, but it's make mine Marvel. I, I, 
this I, I don't think I own any DC trades. This would have been the only one. I mean, that's a lot. I do have a couple of the Watchmen comics. The, the Star Wars, the Star Wars books are all Marvel. Yes, I like for the for the most part. I unless it's Star Wars, I really don't keep up with it very much anymore. Which is weird because I literally every single T-shirt I own has come from a comic. Book. By the way, I uh, I we he went through all that effort to blow up the pawn shop to steal back what we're gonna say is his own guitar and amp that was uh, pawned and stolen for drug money by the by the uh, uh, in our a, established a, a medical examiners at the the crime scene, and he just goes and smashes it. And if I'm not mistaken, this is my life with the thrill kill cult. Does he does he steal a guitar from this band? <laughs> he there, joins the that, band. This is uh, this is the remaining members of Hang uh, Hangman's Joke. Is this the bit where like he comes in and he like fights all these dudes and kills all of them and then picks up one of the dead guys' guitars and goes, "Huh, upgrade." Uh, and then the uh, the uh, fire alarm system just squirts out blood because this it's is now Blade, <laughs> the Matrix and Blade. <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that. The Matrix with vampires? Yeah. Not just vampires. Like, if they crossed it over with Blade, I'd watch the fuck out of that. That's coming from the person that only got 20 minutes into the new Matrix before deciding I didn't want to think about that movie ever again. Yeah, that was... That did not uh, stand the test. That one did not need to be remade. Uh, They did not need that sequel. They were supposed to do a whole new trilogy, and that movie was so poorly received and took such a shit at the box office that they canned the entire the entire new trilogy. Yeah, it was uh too it, it was too much referential to its own self. Like it 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 felt all right. So uh, we, we're both Kevin Smith fans. We're well familiar with his work. He said early in his career he would never make a Jay and Silent Bob movie. Yeah, no, and then did. they offered him a shitload of money, and he was like, yeah. "All right, I'll make it." But it's he made it as a send off, uh, uh, or as a flip you, you know, fl- you know, flipping the finger, fuck you, to the big Hollywood box offices and yeah. lampooning his own characters, basically. Yeah, that's what that Matrix felt like. They fe- it feels like the Wachowski, which, by the way. I am look. They're happy. They went from brothers to Wachowski sisters. That's fine. Yeah. I'm great. You know, support you and all this. But it is a little weird that both of them transitioned, right? Like, like what are the odds? A little suspect, but suspect might not be the right word. And this is gonna what's gonna get me canceled. But I find it odd that both. You know, it's fine. If, you know, you have one in the family. Not saying that both can't have it, but it's a little strange that both did. Well, especially because they did it like a year apart too, didn't right? It? Yeah. It feels coordinated. Yeah. So yeah, it did feel like that the uh, the one Wachowski that still uh, remained in the film industry. I don't know where the other ones they split up or whatever they did. Uh, I feel like they made that movie as a flip you to the finger of the movie box office that made them want to make that movie. But I don't think I don't. But it felt like too earnest. Like if if he was like if they were like fuck you movies, I'll make you your fourth Matrix movie. But yeah. it did not. They did not say that in any way, shape, or form. They're like, no, I have another new story to tell. Well, this new story was crap. It's still it's still the Wachowskis, so they still took the movie way too fucking seriously and thought it was much higher art than it actually was. I got, I got like 20 minutes in. I didn't even pay for it. I fucking bootlegged it, and I got 20 minutes <laughs> in and just deleted the file. I'm like, I'm not watching this again or in its entirety. 
you know, from the, all the giant open windows in your warehouse, uh, evil lair. <laughs> How did a bird get in here when we have all these open windows? <laughs> all these in, massive in bay windows. In of Detroit. <laughs> The emo Dexter. That's yeah, actually. Yeah, I would find it very easy to assume that that's the scene where he got shot. Yeah, that this is the scene most people think he was shot in, but it was not. There's a lot. There's a lot of guns that could have gone wrong in that room. Yeah, there was this. This could have easily been an, an uh, Alec Baldwin situation. Which, by the way, the difference between this and the Alec Baldwin situation is, uh, is the uh, is the what? Uh, I just I was waiting for the gunshot to the head. Uh, the difference between the Alec Baldwin situation is there was live ammo in that, that gun. There was not live ammo in the one that killed um, uh, Brandon Lee. It oh, was like there was something in the barrel of that one. Yeah, and, and there seems to be controversy. Uh, there seems to be a disagreement on how it was. There are some people that said that there was a regular, there was a blank, and a you know they have two different things. They have blanks, which is the gunpowder, but no slug, and then there's a bullet that has a slug but no powder. Yeah. And slug is the part that gets shot out of the the casing. And there was it was a revolver, and there was two next to each other. It was a a, a fake bullet, and a blank and that went off and shot off the slug out of the the, the casing um or there was uh something uh, they had put a regular fake bullet without powder in and the slug got dislodged from the casing and lodged in the barrel and when the blank went off it shot that out so it sounds like i mean honestly i knew this going in but like the, the rust shooting is much more egregious because <laughs> that was a live round and a gun that should have never held live rounds in a place that should never have had which by the way I know a lot of people get on the, the gunsmith uh, for not being experienced enough oh yeah well fuck her but but her father was a gunsmith you wouldn't yeah. think she would have known better yeah well especially because like they also said that she was letting the crew shoot at beer cans with that gun on their lunch break yeah well, she denied like, oh, it, no, but it definitely didn't... other people were like, no, yeah, she was letting us do it. Was like, no, I wasn't. Yeah, you did. And she's, she's trying to say, like, it was a conspiracy. The guy that sent me the bullets must have mixed in a real one. And to be and honest, no. I, I don't know why. Explain to me why Alec Baldwin's catching all the, the, the flack for this. Uh, he's culpable as a producer because he's, he's part of the team that hired her in the first place. Okay, the, I guess. They were, they were I don't know. Like everyone puts, like everyone makes Alec Baldwin out to be the d guy who just went on set and is like, bang, 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 fuck you all. Like they really well, I mean, make him out to be the the villain of this. Uh, he like, also shouldn't have been practicing with an actual gun with people behind the camera. Because he was practicing his quick draw, he shouldn't have been doing that. He like any any time you're handed a weapon on a set, you're supposed to treat it like it's live, even though it almost never is. And he definitely was not because he was essentially playing with it. But he also, uh, there were so many complaints from the crew about the working conditions on that set because yeah. him and the other producers hired the cheapest fucking crew possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm willing to say that his producer's credit is more um, emeritus than anything else. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's he's it's a vanity credit on his end. This is the best. He just dances away on one foot. <laughs> 
Because you know what? We, we had to see all the action and stunts that Brandon Lee could pull out, and we also need to know that he is a good dancer. Really? He just hops away in one foot. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, when they like freeze, and he goes, puts his hands up, and then he just hops away in one foot, and this little weird dance move getting away. This is one of the... Uh, no, I think it's just... Well, it's visual affection, but I think that is one of the ones that they used something else from um, after his death. That's one of the scenes that they implanted after his death. There's clearly a you know visual effects there. Really, they could have just reshot it with a double. They did a lot of sh shots with a the double. They did a lot of... They, there's a fair amount of double shots, but there's a couple where they replaced him with older, other, uh, other deleted footage and other used footage. Here's my question. Why is he running from the cops? Because the cops want to shoot him. He can't die. Yeah, and then they'll just keep shooting him. He's legally dead, so like if they arrest him, what the fuck are they going to do with him? Yeah, I guess double jeopardy doesn't apply to him. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna get him to jail and be like, oh shit, you're this dead guy. And they're gonna be like, oh wow, someone dug up your body. That's fucked up. And they're gonna be like, oh wow, we shot you nine thousand times and you didn't die. That's something's weird. Hey, can we can we make you an honorary detective? Yeah, at that point, I'd be like, let's get you out there. We got a cop that can't die now. I never knew what this was. I don't know if that's snow or what's going on. Oh, I guess it's the 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 condensation on the window that kept lighting up. There's all these weird light, pulsing lights in this scene of driving around that I never could figure out what was until now. From the from the rain. Just now occurred to me as I said it out loud. It's rained every scene. I thought there was falling sparks or something from the city being on fire. <laughs> the city's just spewing embers. Oh, good, he got his bird back. The bird is the source of his powers. Does he have, does he have to like feed that bird at any point? I mean, it's a wild crow. I'm pretty sure it knows how to find worms, uh, even in the motor city of, you know, sadness and death. Did we confirm, is this movie supposed to be Detroit? They called it the motor city. I don't remember ever if it was supposed to be Detroit, which, by the way, if it is Detroit, it checks out with 90s uh, catastrophe yeah. in Detroit. Well, it checks out with current Detroit. Yeah. No offense to our listeners in Detroit. By the way, I do want to. Uh, why? Why have we not gotten a mashup of 500 miles from the Proclaimers and Eight Mile from Eminem? <laughs> we could call it 508 miles. <laughs> like an I would walk 500 miles for Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna be losing myself in the music in the moment. <laughs> Just to be the man who lost himself in <laughs> Just to be the man who won a rap battle. <laughs> Just to be the white guy that won a rap battle. The white guy that won a rap battle. <laughs> All right, name me one other white dude who's won a rap battle. Come on, let's be honest. It's Eminem, and that's um, it. Uh, Jamie Kennedy. Malibu's most wanted. I'm pretty yeah. sure he didn't win. He competed. I don't think he yeah, won. Yeah, no, he didn't win. He got his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, I think they beat the shit out of him in that movie. 
that's rightfully a, so. That I, that's a movie that I watch, and I'm like, how the fuck does this exist? Because uh, yeah, I can't. I I look at it and go, I can't. I, I I will not allow this to exist. I will not watch it. Oh man, prevent it from existing. When I when I was in junior high, that movie was the funniest shit in the world. But I look at it now, and I'm like, this is so fucking racist. How did they get this movie made ever? <laughs> Which, by the way, I was going to ask, because I don't know if I've actually ever watched it. Uh, if I did, I've just turned it off halfway through because it's garbage. Does he say the N-word in that movie? He tries to, and they stop him. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I saw that. Okay, I feel like that I've seen. Yeah, you know what? Uh, as scary as a kid, being brought into a church against your will by the Candyman. That is literally childhood terror right there. That is every child's fear. Being brought into a church against your will in general. I don't care who's doing it. I don't want to go to a church in the first place. Wait, so is is the vampire Lasat here thinking he's going to kill the crow with a katana? Yes, that is literally their plan. Yes. He shot him two hundred times in the face. Oh no no they're 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 going to actually kill the crow, the actual bird. Uh why why didn't they just start with that and shoot the bird? They didn't figure that out into the car. They realized that the bird was his source of powers. Is that a thing? Is that canon? Yes. That's literally how they, they that's go, that's what's gonna happen. Uh, Candyman, hi, spoiler, Candyman takes out the bird with a sniper rifle. That's a very, uh, a very shitty power system he's got there. His powers are tied to the life of a thing that flies into electrical lines. See, they did this in Peacemaker, too. They shot the eagle, and there was a big, like, come-to-Christ moment with Peacemaker where he had to, like, figure out what was important, and he had to go event. Favorite line. Fa Great line coming up. It's just a letter. Let me do an impression for you. Bang! Fuck, I'm dead. I, just, I am not intimidated by, by Brandon Lee at all. <laughs> I, I I get all of the villains bravado and trying to kill him because I would I would feel pretty confident in my ability to take this guy too. Because they killed his pet bird. And of course, you need the uh, shitty stairway of a clock tower. Yeah. How come there's no one who can build a clock tower to where it's safe and stable? How is there? How has OSHA not gotten involved with the clock tower <laughs> stair uh, industry? How are there no safety measures for clock towers? What can we? You know what? Let's can we get to Michigan and, and impose a bill for better safety standards of clock tower stairs? That's the way they've always done it, man. They're not going to change. It's always been really flimsy two by fours, barely nailed to each other. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna go changing their traditions. Look, the only people who's gotta come up here are evil villains escaping supernatural <laughs> people and hunchbacks that none of us wanna be see wanna, none of us wanna see face to face anyway. So fuck it, it's fine. 
Wait, so I'm assuming did he did he die at the end of this? Spoiler alert. Did he die at the end of this? I mean, he's undead. Well, I was gonna say because like he loses his powers when the crow dies. Does that mean that in the sequels it's a different crow? Oh, or are they all? Yes, in the sequel it's different people. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's no Eric Draven in the sequels. So the crow is is more or less a mantle than a person, then. Correct. Okay. So they didn't kill the bird, but they wounded the bird. So there he could be wounded. But there's also like controversy, like there's contradictions where with fan theory of the reason the bird didn't have anything to do with him getting uh, that that he killed Skank, and that was the end of his list of people to get revenge against. Uh, except for mm. except for the fact that the police shoot him all up, he falls off building and stuff after killing Skank and doesn't get hurt. So there is amongst fans uh, disagreement on on. Why he loses his powers? Because the bird doesn't get killed; it just gets shot. So why would he? If the bird's not dead, why does he now become mortal? Maybe he just has to believe in himself. <laughs> you know what he needs? He needs uh, he needs us to clap and believe in him, like Tinkerbell. <laughs> you got this, Eric. <laughs> come on, Eric! Come on, Eric! <laughs> he only has powers if we have enough Christmas spirit. <laughs> They just shot the shit out of Winston Zetamore. Is he yep. dead? No, he does survive. I'll let you know that. He does. He survives a gunshot wound to the right peck. Because the heart's on the other side. Hey! Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't have a lung over there or anything. It's fine. <laughs> oh, shit. And the bird eats her face. Yep. The foreshadowing of the eyes. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. I'll give it that. Which, by the way, you, you worry, you wonder what the bird eats. It's uh, villainous's eyes. <laughs> it just eats bad guy eyeballs. <laughs> Out of all the villains, she is definitely the most mustachio twirling one of them all. Yeah. Let her go! You can have me. I won't fight you. I'm vengeance. Uh, have you ever heard my bit about uh, Batman is not a superhero, he's a terrorist? Do I want to? <laughs> I, I, opposed, I, I propose to the audience, I go through a whole thing of why he's a terrorist uh, and not a superhero, and then I end it with, uh, guess the quote, uh, uh, Batman or Osama Bin Laden? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I just read off quotes from Batman or Osama Bin Laden and try to get people to guess who's who. Oh, don't ruin Batman. Oh, and he beat him with the fucking katana. Yep. And uh, here are the uh, here is the card that I hold the uh, <laughs> the questions on. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> with the Kevin Conroy Batman on it too. God damn it! <laughs> Which, by the way, Kevin Conroy uh, said that Ben Affleck is the best Batman, and I'm like, Kevin, it's you. So please don't break my heart by saying that. It's Keaton. It's Conroy. Then it's Keaton. He can't say himself. He can't be yeah, alive. he can't. But in I, I think the lexicon, it's Keaton was the only one that balanced both Bruce, yeah, the, both of them balance the only ones that balanced Batman and Bruce Wayne equally well. Like Con Wait. Kevin Conroy used different voices for Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, George Clooney, great Bruce Wayne, bad Batman. Val Kimmer, great Batman, terrible Bruce Wayne. The, the 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 important thing I always feel like they have to remember when playing Batman is that Bruce Wayne is the. 
Yes. Batman is, Batman is who he is. Bruce Wayne is the, the mask. Uh, some people do it well, and then some people you get fucking George Clooney. Oh, wow, and he just killed the bad guy while we were talking about Batman. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, the, uh, the way he gets him is he puts his hands on him, and instead of absorbing uh, the villain's memories, he pushes all of Winston Zedmore's memories into his brain. 30 hours of pain all at once. So he can control memory exchange like that? Apparently, yeah. He has the uh, Vulcan mind meld. He's got a very vague list of powers. Yeah, he has uh, his powers are invincibility, which, by the way, he's lost his power of invincibility, but still has the power to be able to transfer memories. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no fucking sense at all. And this is the time the rain washes off his makeup. He spent he spent the last hour and thirty one minutes of this runtime running around in the rain, and his makeup didn't get fucked up at all until he lost his powers. Which, by the way, give the guy who was just shot in the lung a cigarette. That's uh... <laughs> he's gonna love that. It's gonna feel great. Inflating his fucking. <laughs> bullet hole lung with cigarette smoke takes a huge drag and then just smoke just (laughs) Just comes out of the bullet hole (laughs) oh shit i'm leaking oh good and he just goes back to his grave does he just crawl back into his grave and die in his actual grave again wow no the uh uh because we're almost at the end of it the uh ghost of shelly webster comes and takes him into heaven what is this? The end of fucking Ghost? <laughs> Going back to the soundtrack, this song, uh, I can always associate it with love. Uh, weird love, but it's always like every time I'm here, I'm like, yeah, that's the song I want to play when I fall in love with somebody. What song? The one that's coming up for the the, the scene. I forget the name of it. The band I never heard. There's the ghost of Shelley Webster. That's such a 90s name, too. There were so many characters with the last name Webster in the 90s. There was also characters in the 80s with the first name Webster. Oh, yeah, that's true. Webster, yeah, Emmanuel Lewis, because he is the Antichrist. Literally. Isn't he dead? That's Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman that died. Yep. Yeah, I know for a fact Emmanuel Lewis is very much alive because during the pandemic, I facilitated his oh, DJ yeah. set and I see him all the time. Oh, all the time. Yeah. He comes, was, he comes here for the Apple Boston party. Comedy Festival. He judges was, part of the Boston Comedy Festival. I was year. at that, that really weird Zoom after party. Yep. <laughs> this is the thing that di- I'm glad didn't make it out of the 90s is the bad choppy slow motion. Yeah. There were so many times where like, hey, this has been better in slow motion. All right, well, we still shot it at 24 frames a minute, so... Can we make it choppy 18 frames a second? I said, thank God Zack Snyder perfected that. (laughs) Or Brendan. Brandon and Eliza. Who the fuck was Eliza? Shelly. It's it's, uh, Eric and Shelly. That was not the name actress that played Shelly. Oh, Eliza is Brandon Lee's wife. Oh, okay. 
Well, I'm pretty depressed now. Well, that's a movie. <laughs> I'm gonna I feel like based I need... on the comic book series and comics written by James O'Barr. Like I need to like go listen to the Cure and have me a cry. Cure have a kick-ass song on that soundtrack. I bet they do. <laughs> Is it the one oh, about? It's... It's not one of the. It's not one of the sad, uh, slow songs uh, from them. It's one of the. Uh, it's 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 almost a banger. It's uh, Is it I, the, I'll, I'll co-sign it. Is it the one about it being Friday and he's in love <laughs> or whatever? It's the, literally the only Cure song I. I was a shitty emo kid. <laughs> uh, it's called Burn. It's the opening track to the uh, album. Uh, it's the song that plays uh, when he's in the apartment figuring out who he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that song was kind of fun. Yeah, it's 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 a it's burn from the Cure. I'm not gonna go. I I, I refuse to listen to the Cure. <laughs> Even when I was I like, know, I like the Cure. I'm, I'm I I I like the Cure. There's a couple of weird. There's some like really sad songs that they do. Like they have like a couple of upbeat poppy songs that are very sad lyrics, but it's like. They're very they're very polarizing with a lot of their music. Even when I was like a goth and emo kid, The Cure was the one band I wouldn't do because it was like, no, The Cure's too cliche. <laughs> Let's go listen to him and cut ourselves. Like, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the age difference. We didn't have, uh, all we had was Morrissey and The Cure. That's the only sad music we had growing up in the 80s and 90s. Fuck Morrissey. We had The Smiths slash Morrissey and The Cure. That was all we got. Fuck. And then we got White Boy Sad, Grunge Rock, Yeah, uh, which was like, hey, we're, we, you know, which then got co-opted by, uh, which that was like poor white boy sad music, uh, then got co-opted by suburban, uh, never had to struggle in their life, want to be sad white boy, uh, rock. That's uh, how you get so, the emo of the emo of my day. Yeah, that's how you get Blue October. That's I liked Blue October. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, bi bipolar people really feel 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 great with the uh the lead singer who is now a crazy person. Uh, I, I I've heard so he is terrible to deal with and work with. Oh, I hear. Yeah, but. I bet. What's what's that fucking song that Blue October did back in the day that was hot shit that like me and my emo ass girlfriend used to sneak into the city park and make out to it. <laughs> We used to think we were like so deep and brooding as like homeless dudes were watching us make out and shit. This one, hate me. Oh man. Fucking throwback this song. Anywho, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Funny People Ruin Movies for this week. I am your host, Adam Cagley, joined by my host, Dead Air Dennis Mallard. Dennis, you got anything you want to you want to plug before we call this one, buddy? Yes, please. You can also, since you're a fan of podcasts, please check out my podcast, So What Do You Really Do?, where I interview artists and entertainers about their day jobs, because we have to do the things during the day to support what we want to do at night, and those things suck. Uh, and also, you can check out my new daily audio and video podcast, Word of the Day with Comedians, episode two, featured a very funny Adam Cagley. It sure well. did. 
uh, where a comedian and I pick a word of the day, we define it, and we create the funniest, most absurd sentence that we could possibly come up with in context. I swear to you, it is the funniest way to expand your vocabulary. You can find all of that at uh, you can find all of that on your favorite podcast app where all podcasts are potted, or go to deaderdentist.com and click on the links. That's probably the most professional plug I've had on this show. <laughs> Dude, the amount of people that gets like I even my show where I'm like, all right, we're gonna do this, 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 and then we'll do plugs. Still yeah. go and please tell them where they can find you. Like, oh, uh, I don't know, like uh I live at 32. Lind- it's like, no, not the address. Like, what is, just tell them, when is this going up? I don't know what shows I have. Just say your social media handles, for God's sake. Come on, people. Figure this out. You all do your own shitty podcast with each other where you try to argue about why you're allowed to say the N-word. You can also do uh, plugs where, where uh, plugs uh, your social media where you also probably say the N-word. Actually, I don't have anybody on my podcast that say the N-word because they suck and they're not funny. Agreed. Agreed. You're not edgy. You're just an asshole. <laughs> most most of my guests have been very like, anything you want to plug? Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> not to disparage the other guests on this show. Listen, <laughs> listen to their episodes. Follow their Instagram. <laughs> Which also follow my Instagram at Dead or Dennis. Yeah. But again, all the links at deadardennis.com. There you go. There you go. <laughs> By the way, it took so long working radio for me to stop saying www. <laughs> Here's a URL.com. <laughs> I still want to go www. By the way, I will say this. Um, when it, I, I perfected the art of giving out, like doing a read and going, hey, for more information on that, call 410-285-1521. I know you weren't paying attention and you're grabbing a pen, so I will stall and say that number again for you now that you have the pen. It's 410-285-1521, which I just said my own childhood phone number. So everybody, everybody, everybody go listen to and subscribe to Dennis's podcast. Go follow his Instagram and then call his childhood home. <laughs> we'll see you all next week everybody 